Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast. Ooh, I like your voice. Thanks. I just woke up. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh-huh. So we just got back from Kona. We spent a week back home in Hawaii. And it was so lovely because Cleo, he ha- didn't have to go home and, and do any shows or any concerts, which is always super fun. But when you have a lot of obligations, it's hard to really, you know, just settle in and relax. And we were able to do that this time. So it was really special. I think uh, the most important thing was because I haven't seen my sister since the accident that happened in August, I um, I didn't really have any closure. I, I hadn't been able to see her even through uh, Manu and her multiple surgeries that they had to have on Oahu. It was kind of like this need, this call. So to pull the trigger that quickly and uh, to do an unexpected trip like that was, um, yeah, it was different. And and now I feel much better. It was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first of all, let's. Um, I we want to thank everyone so much for all of the well wishes, all of the thoughts and kindness and donations and everything that just outpouring of support for Lehua and Manu during this um, really rough time. Uh, I think yeah, I think there's six surgeries already done, and I think one more is still on the books. Yeah, I think actually Manu had his his seventh last week. Okay, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So the good news is, I mean, it is a long road to recovery. The good news is that they will be 100%. There's, so there's nothing going to be, um, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the greatest thing is we actually do have a road mm-hmm. to recovery. Yeah, and so that's we're like, just so blown away and grateful for, for all of you. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So we went home. And we were able to just really talk to Lehua and her husband Manu about uh, about what happened. And you know, today we're going to talk about trauma and how it stays in the body. Um, so you want to take it from there for well, a moment? Yeah. The the really interesting thing about this trip was, you know, being able to spend that quality time with uh, my sister and her husband. We were able to take a trip. Um, to the place where the accident actually happened. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of on our way to the place that we were going. But it was interesting because it was only the second time since the accident that they've gone through that that little area uh, on the big island on the top road. And what they told us was a pretty incredible story that the time right after the accident that they were traveling through this area again, there was, and, and by the way, just to give you a little backstory, they were on a motorcycle and the motorcycle hit a, a goat that just ran out to the, the road. Yeah, the goat hit the motorcycle, yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah, let's tell the whole story. Yeah. So they were going up to the Mauna, Mauna Kea, to go drop off some donations to mm-hmm. the Kupuna up there. And when they left, it was in the middle of the day. Um, I think it was a, you know, a nice clear day. They were driving back home, back into Kona, and a goat ran up across the street and ran directly into their motorcycle and the goats in, in on the big island are no joke they are beefy goats mm-hmm. and this one just ran right into them and they Lehua flew off the motorcycle 
and Manu stayed on for a bit. I think he was like sliding with the goat. Um, and they, they were just completely, you know, just done in, they were injured and, uh, three cars drove by without stopping. That just blows me away. I know three cars drove by. I mean, here they are just totally bloody bones sticking out on the side of the road in the middle of the day and nobody stopped. Finally, a group of women, I think they were up there on the Mauna as well. That's what I remember. Yeah, they stopped and um, were able to just sit with them until the the ambulance arrived and they chanted with them and um, just kind of prayed over them. So they got taken away to the hospital and um, after a couple of days in the hospital, Lehua decided that she wanted a different kind of care. Mm-hmm. So she... Made it happen as Lehua does. Powerful. <laughs> She's a powerful force of nature, just amazing. And she um, had her husband airlifted to Oahu so that he could have um, a different kind of care, a doctor that she knew over there. And so here we are on the road to recovery, and they were driving by. And right when they got to the spot, this is what Kalea was was bringing up a few moments ago. Right now, this is this is after multiple surgeries have already happened, and they're yeah. back on the Big Island, and they're traveling through the area where this whole Waimea. accident happened to go to Waimea, and there is this huge, huge black goat. goat standing in the middle of. So this is a two lane. We call it a highway in on the Big Island. It's yeah. just a main, uh, the Belt Road. It, you know, it's two lanes, one each way. And just standing in the middle of the road on the line, staring at them. So staring them down to where they had to almost stop and they're honking. And this goat was just mad dogging them. Oh yeah, no, it came at a complete stop and it wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. Um, these yeah, these goats are vicious. And by the way That just gave me chicken skin so bad. That's if, so eerie. If anyone out there listening, if you want to uh if you want to come to the big island with me, chip in on a food truck. And start slanging curry goat oh my God, all over the <laughs> island. We should definitely do that. There is so much goats there. He's a little pissed off at goats right now. And I love curry goat. <laughs> so those two things is like a perfect alignment for me right Gross. now. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was so eerie and trippy that the goat was just standing there staring at them. Mm-hmm. And then he just walked off and went away. So we had the beautiful experience of driving with them across to the other side of the island. And so we had a lot of time with the four of us in the car, um, Kaleo and me and Lehua and Manu. And so we got to hear the entire story from their words. So Kaleo was able to have a, a little bit of closure here of, you know, being in their energy and, and having them process and talk about it. And that was one thing I was... I was really yearning for was the fact that I know that they had all of the physical trauma happen to them and the surgeries and the repairing and all of that and all the healing, the physical healing. But I really wanted to, you know, get down to the emotional level, kind of like the cellular level of their healing, because that kind of trauma, that kind of fear that, that it stays within your body if you don't process it, if you don't recognize it, or if you don't communicate about it, it will fester 
in the body and then come up into different illnesses, maybe manifested later down the line where you have really no idea why these things are happening. But it's that emotional trauma that we can put away in the body that has time to build up momentum. If it's not processed, it can cause something, you know, really, really difficult for you down the line physically. Yeah, we, I mean, there's, okay, so when you, I can imagine both of them trying to heal, right? Mm -hmm. But also having this immense gratitude for the community that, that rallied around them. So when everybody asks, how are you doing? You're not talking about it and processing with each person that asks you and reliving it. You're saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm healing. Thank you so much. Yes, exactly. Right? So you're, you're not really letting it out. You're not really um, diving deep into this was a really shitty time. Mm-hmm. And I'm crying and I need to let this go. You're, you're making strong, right? Because everyone is, is rallying around you and mm-hmm. giving you so much support. And so you want to be strong and be grateful instead of, instead of you know, I don't want to say the word complain is not the correct word, but it, it can be perceived that way if you feel like you should just be grateful. Well, if you're skipping over the process of actually understanding that emotional trauma, then that's when it becomes dangerous because mm-hmm. it is really an incredible situation to be filled with gratitude and to concentrate on, yes, I'm on the road to healing. And all those things are super powerful. However, I think a lot of times we pass over the the fact of, you know what, I want to get really still and I want to really think about this and I really want to process this. This is what like a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about mm-hmm. um, where just allow yourself to really say to yourself the things that that are happening and from there you can move on with a better point of attraction right so you know it's it's, i can imagine it would be very challenging to tell the people who are asking how you're doing the truth Mm. you know because you're trying to be strong um I know that, you know, people have asked me how I was before and, and you, you just don't want to burden anybody, right? So it's really important to say, even if it's to no one, to just say it out loud when you're alone, I'm not okay. I'm terrified. I'm fucking freaked out. This was awful. Cry. You know, do all the things that you need to do to actually let it out and speak your truth about it so that you're not suppressing it and holding it in and just putting it somewhere deep and quote unquote safe, right? Well, I like how, I like how you just said, you know, even just say it to myself alone. Out loud. Right. You know, so yeah, you can actually just, you can do both and in this situation where you can keep it very light with other people, but then ultimately getting really straight with yourself mm-hmm. and then allowing that to be where you continue to work through this emotional trauma that happened. Yeah. And it's okay to not be okay. And it's yeah. okay to admit that you're not okay. It's also okay to understand that I might be okay in this moment, but in the next moment, I might fall apart. Mm-hmm. And then the next moment, I might I might be okay again. So just understanding that it is a process. Absolutely. And there's no rules for how each one of us is going to heal for mm-hmm. any given um, experience. Right. And now on the other side of that too, it's interesting because, you know, 
if you do fall into, I would say, the repeater zone where you constantly are telling and you're constantly telling yourself, look, I'm not okay, I'm not okay, I'm not okay, then it doesn't really open up for you to ever be okay. So in a sense, really tackle that that part with you. And I love how you just said, you know, even when you're alone, just say it out loud. Mm -hmm. But then also just know like when it does start to become better and don't get stuck in a repeater story of it not Mm -hmm. being better because then there's the slippery slope on the other side of that. Just being able to process, but not, I would say, not setting yourself up for only that story, you know, process, feel good and know that things can and will improve. And they can and will get better as long as you're doing the work and you're paying attention and you're not, you know, I would say skipping over the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also not be attached to, um, to not being okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or that's, also that's a being good way to attached say to everything's fine. Perfect. So being able to be in that moment, however you're feeling and, and practice this acceptance mm-hmm. and awareness. And, um, you know, and, and have support for that. Understand that, you know, for them, they were in an accident together. So, and I I don't know if I'm sure I'm not alone in watching them together right now. I mean, I think this has brought them even closer. Absolutely. They're they're so cute. Like finishing each other's sentences. I mean, they're really, they're strong and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And they're allowing each other to be on this path of, of recovery and um, processing, but yet be there for each other, mm-hmm. right? So that's a that's a together. really good point. They they have they have each other to to be able to really know what this is. Mm-hmm. I like how you just said to bring them closer too. In that sense of like, yeah, now you know whatever their relationship was before, now they have this whole new situation that they went through together. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a situation that no one was planning for mm-hmm. whatsoever, you know, and how they're there for each other. Um, Hollywood opted not to have surgery so she could take care of Manu after his multiple surgeries. Yeah. Or just to delay it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So that they weren't both laid up. So they weren't laid up, but also, you know, taking consideration that that could be detrimental for Lehua because her surgery became a lot more difficult. Right. And, you know, and so (laughs) it's like one of those things where it's, wow, they've, they've definitely, they've definitely gone grown closer gone through this and grown closer um and you know it's like one of those unexpected things mm-hmm. so here's another you know another thing to shift into finding the good like now it's just you're right they're finishing each other's sentences they're so cemented with each other mm-hmm. they have the opportunity to discuss and you know be able to communicate um emotionally on this next higher level of playing so yeah there there is just a flood of good happening here Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, super grateful for that. Yeah. And she said that she was driving another time recently to Waimea and had to pass. I think it was the first time she drove mm-hmm. um, on her own and she was passing the, the accident site and she just, she got so nervous and um, I, I don't recall what her actual words were but she had to pull over yeah. and, and calm herself down she did she and, did some um, pranayama breathing techniques yeah and she just, just breathe yeah so this is where you know we hold trauma so deep within because it is scary to let it out and even if you know this is so new to her so of course it's going to be very very fresh and 
Um, but it can, I mean, this stuff can last for years throughout your entire life. Decades. You can have a physiological response from something. First of all, you can have it from something that you don't even remember. Mm-hmm. There's been studies where, um, I just read one recently where a woman was having such bad headaches and no doctor could diagnose her with, with anything. Mm. And so that's a slippery line where they just say, okay, you're a hypochondriac, but diving deeper into it. And, you know, she could not figure out where these headaches were coming from. She had a childhood trauma that, um, was very, very significant. And she would have these headaches as a child where she didn't remember this. She had suppressed it so much that she didn't remember. Right. So through some regression, she was able to recall that, okay, I did have these headaches and what were the triggers at that time? It was um, an unstable family, not knowing if they were going to have a home, um, parents breaking up, all these different things that would trigger her headaches. And so when she was an adult, um, being worried about money would trigger a headache. Wow. Any instability in her home life would trigger a headache. Huh. And so it was this, this ingrained physiological response that was from trauma as a child that she didn't even remember. And how did she? Um, how did she remember? How did the regression the reg- go? Yeah. Oh, just cycle, um, like a psychiatrist, a hypnosis regression. Got it. Okay. Taking you back for, right. you know, until she was a child trying to figure out what the, the pinpoint, what the ground zero was for mm-hmm. these, these headaches. And they figured out it was in her childhood Incredible. and she would get so stressed out with all of the, the things going on that she'd internalize and mm-hmm. she would give herself these headaches. That's so amazing. That that also reminds me of um, Dave Asbury, who has the Bulletproof podcast. And he uh, refers to, he had the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck. And um, this is a trauma that set him up uh, later down the line. He had to go and discover why he, he felt these certain things as well. Mm. So it can go all the way back. Like, oh, yeah. I think it can go back, back lifetimes for mm. sure. And that's another podcast we'll do. We'll talk about a couple of books that I really, really enjoy about that past life regression. But um, so, you know, you can have this ingrained trauma that you don't even remember, Mm -hmm. right? But it still produces this physiological response. And you can also have uh, trauma that you do remember, but every time you recall this memory, Mm -hmm. it produces such a, a... visceral physiological response that it feels like you're reliving this. Mm. So if you remember, let's just say it was the accident, right? And years later you talk about it or you remember it. Your, your body doesn't really, your nervous system can't tell whether it's a memory or it's actually happening. Wow. So that trips me out all the time. Right. So you produce all the, the responses. Uh-huh. Your heart rate goes yep. up. You start to sweat. Mm-hmm. You start to shake. You start to have a panic attack. All these things happen in your body and you're just remembering it. Right. So it can be past traumas that you remember. It can be past traumas that you don't even remember have ever happened. Right. But your body is doing this protection mechanism by having these responses. So what can we do about that? Yeah. Yeah. What are the tools? And that is to go. Well, my favorite is what you just said to be alone and say it out loud. Or talk to a therapist. Talk to a therapist. Talk to a therapist. Mm -hmm. Have somebody that you can, um, a neutral party that won't try to fix you, but that can bring this out Mm -hmm. and allow you to process and let go. 
Um, in the moment, there's breath work, breathing techniques, pranayama, there's um, resonant frequency breathing. Mm -hmm. So there is, I know we've talked about this previously on the podcast, there are resonant frequency breathing um, I don't want to say there's an app. I'm sure there's an app for it. There's apps for everything. <laughs> but on YouTube, if you type in RFB or resonant frequency breathing, there'll be this little video like a diagram. And it's, you, you slow your breath down. So you breathe in to where this diagram lifts up. You breathe out to where the diagram uh, closes back up. And so that is one breath. And mm. you're basically slowing down your, your breath to about five and a half, six breaths per minute. And this helps your heart rate variability. So when you breathe in, your uh, sympathetic nervous system is activated. When you breathe out, the exhales are your parasympathetic nervous system. And the difference in between is your heart rate variability. So it speeds up and slows down your heart rate. And to have a healthy heart rate variability, this technique is amazing. It helps with with stress. It helps with, um, some heart issues. It helps with high blood pressure. It helps with panic attacks, um, calming yourself down when you're having a physiological response to, to trauma or just stress in general. I think breath work might be the, like the most overlooked, um, health hack that mm -hmm. there is. Breath work is so crucially important. And when we did the Wim Hof class, the 10 week course, mm -hmm. it was incredible how we could, yeah, you could actually feel your heart slow down and life would slow down and become much more peaceful and relaxed mm -hmm. in that sense. Now, going back to this, holding on to the, uh, the emotional trauma, you told me a story when you were out writing about a, about a mm -hmm. month ago. Yeah, it was a, a few weeks ago. So we've been having Santa Ana's here, which is like prime fire weather, basically. Mm -hmm. So when there was a bunch of fires, actually, this yeah, this fall. California has been just ravaged recently. It's but it really, seems like every year it is. Yeah. And when the Santa Ana winds blow, they blow in a, a specific direction. They're, it's hot wind. It's dry conditions, really, really dry conditions. Um, you know, the weather heats up a lot and it's just it's this weather that you feel is different mm -hmm. and we were having Santa Ana's I go out to ride um, Gigi my horse and I was there early in the morning and the Santa Ana's were just starting and it was dry and it was windy and it was just this this different feeling and I was at the stables and all of the horses were communicating with each other. So occasionally, you know, they probably have 50 horses there or something they're like, like that. texting each other or something? No. <laughs> yeah. They were all whinnying or neighing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not my best representation of a horse communicating, but <laughs> it's still early. <laughs> Give me an hour. Um, so they're all doing this, this communication and usually at the stables you'll hear it once or twice, right? Like someone's talking to so-and-so, so-and-so is talking back, but it was constant. Everyone was on high alert. Although I was pretty much the only one there until Lisa showed up about a half an hour later and all the horses heads high, ears perked forward, um, just a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm very sensitive to energy. So are horses. And it was just, it just kind of felt weird. And 
I got Gigi out of her stall and I was walking over to the, the tack room and she was high alert, right? Head really high. But then on the other side of that, she was really snuggly. And I don't know if you've ever snuggled a horse. I have not. Okay. Or have a horse snuggle you. They put their head down and like wrap their neck around you. And I was just holding with both of my arms around her face. And she was right in front of me and I'm just holding her. So she was really snuggly on one hand and really sweet, but also really on high alert and whinnying to the other horses on the other hand. And it just kind of felt different. And so when Lisa showed up, she got her horse. Uh, we got all tacked up. We went into the arena and usually we put up some, like a, we either put up something for dressage or some poles or some, um, crossbars to do some jumping. We put something up, right? We're like, you know, we're really not feeling it today because the horses are acting a little bit different. Let's just ride and give them some love. And she felt the exact same way. We both were on the same page. We gave them carrots, washed them, put them away. And I came home and you said, how was riding today? And usually I'm like, oh, it was great. I said, yeah, it was really different today. And so I told you the story. And as I was telling you the story, I thought, oh my gosh. So this is out in Bonzal where we ride off of um, Old Lilac Road. And I think it was two years ago, there was the Lilac Fire. So it was on Lilac Road. And um, really, really bad fire. Um, I have one of my recent teacher trainee graduates, Erin, lost her house in the fire. And um, it's right near my stables. Mm. All of the horses at the stables that I ride had to be evacuated. And that is a lot. First of all, it's so much stress for the humans, but so much stress for the animals. Because you know how dogs and animals can kind of predict when an earthquake happens. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, with horses and weather, you know, they just have this extra sense that um, they're really tapped in and tuned into nature. And so I was realizing, oh my gosh, this is exactly that same weather that happened when the lilac fire was happening. And so they had to be evacuated. So my interpretation, because I'm psychoanalyzing my horse here, <laughs> is that um, they felt terrified that this could happen again. And so they're all talking to each other. They're whinnying at each other. It brought up this, again, physiological response in their bodies. They were tense. Their heads were high. From two years prior. From two years prior when mm. they had to be evacuated with all the smoke and the fire because it was the same weather. And so, you know, realizing, oh my gosh, horses are holding on to this stuff too, right? So all sentient beings will be holding on to their traumas. And I use, I talked about this in my yoga class that week, uh, because you can do certain things to help release that stuff, right? If you have, um, you know, of course, if you have something that's so, so tragic and you have PTSD, get help, you know, go talk to a therapist, ha work through this. Um, there's so much you can do on that sense for it. But if you are just, experiencing you know this discomfort or bringing up past stuff you can do your yoga practice anytime you move the body you release stuck energy within the body and you can release um you know old old traumas old things from your muscles so not just old a, things in our muscles so not just a yoga class but any sort any of type of movement any mm -hmm. type of movement or exercise is incredibly healthy yeah meditation is what i would say is probably the the best thing for 
everything. I mean, right. clo- calming the mind, closing, sitting for just a few minutes is helpful. Um, if you can get into a regular meditation practice, it helps to clear the mind. Also, there is um, acupressure or also known as uh, TFT, mm-hmm. tapping freedom technique. Uh, you can actually go to a website called uh, The Tapping Solution. I think his name is Nick Ortz. And um, he's got a couple of great like acupressure uh, routines that he'll you'll be able to just kind of follow along and just allow yourself to really hit these these certain points on your body. And um, I, I use it all the time. I, I, I'll, I'll use this at airports. Anytime that I start to feel... I would say a little less than I want to. Oh, when I get cut off or somebody runs a stoplight or something, I always do that. Yeah. I pause and I tap. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so you can check that out. The tapping solution is really awesome what they're doing over there. And acupuncture, there's, so the, the gentle barn, if anyone out there knows about the gentle barn. Who was just evacuated for these fires. Yeah. So uh-huh. the gentle barn is up, um, up inland LA, more in the valley, but. I don't know exactly where it is, but um, we went there one year for my birthday and it's just a beautiful farm sanctuary with all these lovely animals that you can snuggle with and, and hug the cows and sit with the pigs. Yeah. They're like, they're like a lot of rescued animals. Rescued. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sanctuary. And they have hundreds of animals and they just had to evacuate um, all of these animals because of the, the fires up there recently. And I saw on their Instagram, the Gentle Barn, I think it's just the Gentle Barn. Mm-hmm. I, I know they have three or four locations around the country. The Gentle Barn, California, all of their horses were stressed out, especially the elderly ones, all their animals, not just horses. And so they have an animal acupuncturist that comes in and gives all of these animals acupuncture to help release this trauma. And it's so funny, too, it's because we all know the benefits of animals, like pets. There's like... Th- I mean, so many studies on how pets and your pet can bring down your anxiety mm-hmm. that can relieve emotional your stress support animals, and emotional yeah. support. Yeah. And so that connection is, it's, it's extremely well known and it's nice to, you know, be able to expand out of just, you know, uh, the dog or the cat, but all these other animals too, that can provide that. <laughs> Yeah, I think airlines are cracking down now on some of the animals that are out there. I think there's like an emotional support turkey, an emotional support peacock, uh, all these animals that people are trying to get on the plane. <laughs> Don't necessarily have to get them on the plane. You just, you just keep them around the house. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah th- this is my emotional support kimono dragon. <laughs> say kimono dragon yeah because it wears a kimono okay right. <laughs> oh my um, gosh i have an idea yeah would you like to just do a little breathing technique right now since we're at the end of our podcast yeah let's do it okay um let's see how about nadi shodanam perfect okay so Nadi Shodanam is alternate nostril breathing, and there is a hand mudra that goes along with it called Vishnu, Vishnu mudra. Um, I'll guide you through that, but if that gets confusing or it feels awkward in your hand, just use your pincher fingers, which are your, your thumb and your index finger. Your pincher fingers. Pincher fingers. Hey, hey by the way, uh, if you're operating a heavy vehicle or anything like that, uh, just wait to do this with us because it's very relaxing. So make sure that you've just got some time and some space and you can follow this really cool, simple breathing technique. Yes. Yes. Make sure you are sitting uh, 
in a stationary place, not yes. operating machinery. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So the hand mudra, let's take your right hand, take your peace fingers. Got it. And touch them down to the pad of your thumb. Okay. Okay. Now with your, th- you're going to pinch your nostrils with your thumb and your ring finger. Okay. 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 But so, so my, my pinky and my ring finger are together. This kind of looks like a shaka in a way. Yeah, but with your ring finger okay. extended. Got yeah. it. So you're going to pinch with your thumb and your ring finger. Your thumb is going to pinch your right nostril. Your ring finger is going to pinch your left nostril. Now, if this is giving you cramps or you don't want to do that, pinch your fingers, index and thumb. Thumb to the right nostril, index finger to the left. Okay, got okay? it. So you have your, your hand. Yep. If your right arm gets tired, you can cup your right elbow with your left hand. That'll give you a little bit of support. Huh. Yeah. Cool. All right. So to start, we're going to close the right nostril. Breathe in through the left. Close the left nostril. Breathe out through the right. Breathe in through the right nostril. Close the right nostril. Breathe out through the left. Breathe in through the left. Close the left. Breathe out through the right. Breathe in through the right. Close the right. Breathe out through the left. Breathe in through the left. Close the left. Breathe out through the right. And you can continue this as long as you want, maybe a few minutes. I already feel cooler. <laughs> you That's, look cool. Yeah, that was really nice. <laughs> so Nadi Shodanam, alternate nostril breathing. This balances our energies. So our left side of um, our, our breath is, that channel is cooling. It's the lunar, the feminine energy. The right side is the heating, the solar, the masculine energy. So we are balancing those two, heating and cooling, left and right, masculine, feminine, solar, lunar. That's a very balancing, relaxing, but yet also energizing in a way. So it just kind of balances that. I love all the tools that are available for us too. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, we're concentrating on our YouTube channel, we'll be able to, to video these and you can follow along with us in real time as well. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So with that being said, if you have any um, requests for tutorials, videos, anything that you would like to see on our YouTube channel, because we are revamping it with my fancy new camera that I'm finally figuring out how to use. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know. Drop us a line at love at rebelandmuse.com. Go ahead and give us a a good review if you feel so inclined on iTunes. And oh my gosh, I'm so proud of myself. Check this out. I figured out how to put our podcast on Spotify. Me. All by myself. Congratulations. Yeah. So now we're on Spotify because I don't know where people are listening. Actually... I just, have you ever Googled yourself? Mm, I just no. Googled our podcast right. and we are on a, a podcast site in Sweden, which has nothing to do with our friends in Sweden. Yeah. They didn't even know it either. Well, because we have a retreat coming up next we summer do. in Sweden, this only makes perfect sense. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this podcast is sponsored by Organifi. Right. 
And Organifi is a company that we use all the time, daily. And I'm really excited because they have a new product out. It's called Glow, and it's an organic collagen support. It tastes amazing. It's a raspberry lemonade, but all of their products are not sweetened with sugar. They're sweetened with uh, naturally, like with monk fruit. Um, this one has a blend of aloe, rose hips, and mushrooms, collagen. It is delicious. And if you go to Organifi.com, you can use our code Rebel and Muse. It's the A and D, Rebel and Muse, for twenty percent off yes. the whole cart. Peter, the whole cart. Well, yeah, anything you buy. Oh, that's really... You know, you click and things go in your cart. Yes, yes. yes. Thank you for clarifying that for me, <laughs> by the way. So Organifi.com, it's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, Rebel and Muse at checkout for 20%. Thank you, babe. All right. All right. We are out. Happy Monday. Aloha. Hey, everybody. Uh, this podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. Information provided here on this podcast of Rebel and Muse is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Any information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for face-to-face -face consultation with your physician and should not be construed as medical advice of any sort. Also, any guests on the Rebel and Muse podcast is strictly speaking from their opinion and should not be confused with medical advice of any sort either.